Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Hello, I am Dave Denholm, and this is the home of world football in Southern California, the home of LAFC, ESPN LA. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours on this special Tuesday night edition here on ESPN LA 710. And I am very thankful. The one thing I'm thankful of, I'm not going to have this, like, do the lazy sports talk radio bit where it's like, what are you thankful for in the world of soccer that's fine if somebody else wants to. That's no, no disrespect to them, but I'm not going to do that. But I am thankful for you, the listener, specifically, not just for, you know, obviously supporting the show very well and listening to the podcast, which you can find on ESPN Pod Center or at iTunes or wherever you're, whatever podcatcher you may use, Soccer Weekly with Dave Denham, or following me on Twitter at Talk Soccer. Or on Instagram, Dave underscore Denham. I am very thankful for you for finding us each and every week because, you know, with the Lakers, obviously, and the Rams and some of the programming that goes along with those powerhouse organizations, we get moved around a little bit here during this time of year specifically. So I'm very thankful on this Thanksgiving week that you find the show and support it like you do. Hit me up on Twitter. Send me a note. Whether you like the show or not, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you listening. Hit me up at Talk Soccer, where we will continue the conversation. And what a conversation we're going to have this week. First and foremost, yeah, it's a silly season in MLS, as we all know, right? All the comings and goings. More importantly, all the rumors that just go flying around. Around MLS this time of year. Some of them are very intriguing. Some of the stories out there, you're like, hmm, this could be interesting. And not the least of which is a story, a rumor flying around, if you will. And it's even a report that's being that's on MLSsoccer.com. They're reporting it as, you know, someone else saying that they're, you know, TUDN, right? Dropping a report on Monday night. And it's uh, TUDN USA talking about the possibility of Alan Pulido leaving the biggest sports franchise in L.A., Chivas de Guadalajara, <laughs> and possibly going to San Jose Earthquakes. That's the report, that there's heavy interest there. And according to the story on MLSsoccer.com and the uh, re- reporting being done originally, I believe it's like around 10 million bones for the transfer fee. For a dude who just led the Apertura down there. So the silly season is flying. We love that. and it, But it brings to mind LAFC and LA Galaxy. Now, the Galaxy have done a little bit more in trying to rebuild their team here because they needed to. Of course, Laton is on his way out. They've got rid of a few other players. They need to totally reconstruct that defense, which was just deplorable last season. And the Galaxy giving up 59 regular season goals and got ripped apart by the LAFC in the playoffs for five in that loss. So they need a total defensive rebuild for sure. But they also need to retool and revamp how they're going to play under Guillermo Berchicoloto again now without that, that, I guess, that the really the force of the sun in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you know, just sucking up all the other energy. And rightfully so. They have to figure out what they're going to do now. LAFC, it's more of a tweaking kind of phase, right? When you're talking about a team that was 16 points better than Seattle in the regular season. Now, you still got work to do because you didn't win the Cup, but you have the Champions League coming up. 
But we have to remind everybody, and we talked a little bit about it with Max Bredos recently, LAFC made their big signings. Doesn't mean they won't make another one, but they made their big signings late last season in Chiqui Palacios and the youngster Brian Rodriguez, both very young, good, well-respected, well-thought-of players. And I expect them to have the impact of a massive signing in the offseason in 2020, both in the Champions League and obviously in the MLS regular season, U.S. Open Cup, etc. So while the rumors are flying for a lot of other teams, we'll see what happens. They are always rumors. And what would you think, in, in the world of sports, and, and tweet me what your answer is, at Talk Soccer. Let me ask you this, Mario. Mario Reed is the great producer here. In the world of sports, Mario, what percentage of rumors actually ever happen? Oh, rumors? And I, oh, let me my put gosh. A, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a number in my head. I'm talking all sports. We'll do soccer separately because soccer's even crazier, I think, in the world, right? World soccer. With the media the way it is, let's do American sports first. I'm going to put a number in my head of the rumors that end up happening in American sports. Right? American are, sports? I'm going to say. Yeah, so, you know, NFL, NBA, you know, blah, blah. I've got a number in my head. Yeah. I'm going to go with 15%. Wow. Yeah. See, I had 40%. 40%? That's almost half. Half of the rumors are true? Yeah. And uh, and I think it's because, as crazy as it sounds, people are, like, they're so cautious or concerned about getting the stories that I think more of them turn out to be correct. In other words, like, now when you do soccer worldwide, Mario, what's the number? Oh, it's even lower. (laughs) <laughs> I, would, I, would honestly, I would say probably five percent lower, maybe yeah, even ten percent lower. I was saying two and a half percent total. So, <laughs> like one out of every forty rumors in the soccer world turn out to be true. You know, something like that. That's like two and a half percent. That's oh, yeah. that's the difference. So the silly season in soccer, whether it's MLS or obviously the world's game, world football, it's crazy. Even compared to what we're used to in American sports, the other American, you know, that's how kind of alluding to what I'm saying is just so nuts. All the stories that go flying around, but also and that's in not soccer, to say there's, there's not, you know, there's so many leagues in soccer though. So all these reporters, yeah. in, at these local leagues are looking for one little nugget talking about their league, and then they're flying, and turning with that. it into something else. Yeah, the Chiefs may is flying. Let's face flying. it, right? Flying at this time of year. So, and you're right, and that's not to say that. You know, some of these stories, just because they're rumors, it doesn't mean that there's not a grain of truth to them. You right. know, that San Jose uh, might want Alan Pulido. There's no doubt. I mean, why wouldn't they, right? But we'll see if that happens, you know, and those kind of things. And maybe it will. Maybe it will because you, know, you never know. And San Jose certainly seems, as much as I hate the earthquakes with a sports hate of a thousand suns, they seem to be a, an organization overall on the rise. And let's remember Matias Almeida, or Matias Almeida had the, the, you know, Matias has done some work with Pulido already, you know, with Chivas. So he's got that relationship. Matias and uh, and Pulido worked very well together at Chivas. So well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, speaking of which, the big story for me, and what we're going to be really breaking into here, is the Liga Mekis playoffs. The Liga starts. And that gets kicking off tomorrow, Wednesday. And then on Thanksgiving, there's two more games of the first round. You know, if you're new to the show, 
Maybe you're new to the beautiful game. You just love great radio, and that's why you listen to Mario and I. If you're new to the game, the Apertura is now out of the playoffs in Mexico. They play 18, 17 games. Well, 18, because there are 19 teams now in the league at Mackey's. But they play each team once. Bam, we go to the playoffs with the top eight. The lower seed, like the eighth seed, has to beat the number one seed in two games. If they end up tied on goals, right, then the, the top seed advances. I love that, by the way. Love it. Two-leg ties. First one is, you know, it gets going. Morelia and Leon. Necaxa and Caretro will be getting going tomorrow. That's Wednesday. That is the 2-7 uh, and the 4-5. With Necaxa, the fifth seed, going to, having to, you know, hosting Caretro in the first leg. And the Morelia, of course, the seventh seed. Monterrey and Santos. That's Thursday along with uh, Club America and Pumas. Oh, boy. What a first-round matchup there. Hercules Gomez, one of our friends, of course. Herc, great dude, ESPN FC. You know him from ESPN. He says that is the, the really the series of the first round. Check it out over at ESPN FC. And uh, they, they basically he previewed that and says that's the marquee matchup. And I can't, I can't disagree. It's three versus six, but Tigres, with that defense, they don't give up goals. They're not; they're giving up way less than a goal a game. By far the best defensive record, this uh, Apertura. And they can still score, although they haven't exactly been pumping in the goals. And then you've got, you know, oh, by the way, the biggest sports team in North America. <laughs> with a tip of the cap to the Dallas Cowboys and the Lakers. Sorry, Club America. They're the sixth seed. Sorry, I had to take a drink there. I apologize. I should have turned off my microphone. What is it? Radio 101. They are the sixth seed, but, man, America only lost three matches this entire tournament, this entire round of uh, the Apertura. So they're going to be hard to beat, basically. If you look at this Club America side, they're tough to beat. I don't know. They're not certainly favored over Tigres, that's for sure. But And then Santos, the number one seed will take on Monterey, which I find intriguing, too. Monterey's been up and down, but I don't know. Santos just looks so good offensively. I think they're going to be very tough in this playoffs, but it's it gets going. The reason I'm a little bummed, as you may or may not know, <sighs> my Pachuca came in ninth. It wasn't as close as it appeared. They, only, they finished up two points behind Monterey, but they were charging late. Yeah. I know. I don't even really. I don't. I appreciate the music to try to pep me up, Mario. This will always do that. But Toluca seventeenth. Uh, well, you know, whenever you listen to Los Tigres, it's it's going to pick me up. But Pachuca and Toluca falling on their face in this aperture has got me a little upset. But I'm still pumped about the Liga Mekis playoffs. I'll give my picks coming up. As well. But we have Francisco X Rivera going to join us. Of course, voice for LAFC on the Spanish side on 980 KFWB. He's the analyst for the LAFC games. We'll talk with him next here on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Don't forget, you can podcast the show if you miss any of it. Over at the ESPN Pod Center, iTunes, wherever you go, Pod Center, Pod Catch, your podcast. Just uh, search for Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Subscribe, rate, and review, I think is what I'm supposed to say. Time now for a good, intense look at LAFC. We call it the Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, 
three, break down. It's the black and gold breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Right now. Always a pleasure to talk to a member of the Black and Gold family here on Black and Gold Breakdown. He is Francisco X. Rivera. He is a busy man, let's just say that. Among other things, he's the analyst on 980 KFWB La Mara Mara for uh, LAFC football. Francisco, a pleasure, buddy. Hope you have a good holiday season, and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah, it should be a great season. Hope the same for all of you guys, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you as well. Oh, man, let's get right into it, uh, Francisco. We will talk certainly LAFC, but the big news recently is a match coming up at the bank that I'm already looking forward to, Francisco. I'm not a huge all-star guy in any sport, but I do think MLS has done a good job with their all-star games over the years. This one takes it up to a different level as the Liga Mekis all-stars will take on MLS all-stars in late July at the bank. Your thoughts about that? It's incredible for me. What are, you, what are your thoughts initially when you heard this? Well, I I think in terms of marketing, this is perfect because unless you bring a Real Madrid or a Barcelona, you're not going to get the draw that this game is going to get because a lot of teams that yeah. you can bring, let's say Juventus or Roma, are made for hardcore soccer fans. But this game in particular is not only about soccer. You bring it to Los Angeles, you have a huge, huge Mexican audience here. I mean, half of the population pretty much is Latino in Los Angeles and out of that half, about 80 or 90% are Mexican or for Mexican descent. So I think the draw by itself is just going to be great. It's probably just going to be like watching a tree. As you know, a lot of times it doesn't matter who you dress in green, the stadium is going to sell out. So I think this is <laughs> yeah. going to be amazing. It's, it's going to be not only something about soccer. I think it transcends the barriers of the sport itself. I think it's going to be about culture. It's going to be about pride. And, you know, I think it, it, it's, it's great. I think it, it, it has the potential to be the best all-star game ever yeah i don't disagree with that we're talking with francisco x rivera of course you know him throughout uh, media here in los angeles among other of his great jobs is the lafc analyst on the 980 kfwe we'll talk a little bit about his other work actually i do i do, do want to ask him about that on the ice which i find fascinating but francisco about the beautiful game, when it comes to this Liga Mekis and MLS, the relationship seems to be getting stronger and stronger every year. Now with the League's Cup, which I was a little bit leery about, I, you know, I didn't know what to make of that. I got to be honest, I found myself captivated by it, so I think I was maybe a little bit wrong on that. What about the relationship between the two leagues and the two countries when it comes to soccer? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people in Mexico frown about these games that are played north of the border because they think they are meaningless yeah. and they are a way to make yeah. money. And, of course, they're a great way to make money for both leagues. But you know what? And then again, I'm going to get more into the cultural aspect of things. I mean, you come to this country, you cross the border, you have probably never even watched a soccer game live or on television, and all of a sudden you get to a country talking about the United States, and you might never even go, you know, be able to go back to Mexico because you don't have the proper documentation. Let's, let's just leave it that way. So the, the feeling that you get about going to a national team game, about going to you know the stadium and see Chivas and America, then again, it's something sure. that doesn't have to do anything to do with sports. I mean, it's it's even more than that. It's like getting a piece of your country, your anthem, in a foreign land. And I think unless you have lived in the United States, you and you're an immigrant, you don't get that feeling. There's gonna be there's probably not gonna be a way 
for people in Mexico to understand that. So I think regardless of the level of the tournament, whatever is at stake, I think it is a great opportunity for people here to get a piece of Mexico. So that, in my book, it's a win-win situation. Now, in terms of uh, what this tournament can bring in the relationship, I think both leagues need each other because yeah. they both see you know, the opportunity to grow. You know, League IMX in terms of revenue, MLS in terms of getting better competition, better opportunities for growth in terms of on-the-field um, aspect. So I think, it's, then again, it's a win-win situation. Well, uh, Francisco, we're talking MLS All-Stars versus League MX. Last season, of course, LAFC well-represented in the All-Star game. I expect much of the same in 2020 at the bank. What about this black and gold team, Francisco? I was a little concerned going into the second season after such a great first year, right? You never know quite what to expect out of a uh, an expansion team. We knew that LAFC was doing a lot of things right in the buildup. They were signing the right players, the right manager, the right general manager, all the way down to the ownership group. But you never know. You have to go out and do it. And Francisco, I was a little worried about the hangover going into the second season after such a great first year, but they blew me out of the water. I, I just can't believe the type of season it was and how good it was. And yet there's still more to strive for now, obviously, after losing out in the playoffs to the eventual champion in Seattle. What do you make of how LAFC has done this, Francisco? It's been incredible. And what do they strive for now? Is it just all about winning that cup in 2020? Yeah, you know what? I think we're spoiled. I mean, either way you look at it, we're <laughs> spoiled now. And, you know, I don't, I don't even talk about LAFC as an expansion team. I mean, I think yeah. they are the team to beat. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think with a new format in MLS, when you turn to one elimination game, no back and forth, no two legs. You know, it's, sure. you know, LAFC, I think, simply got out, out coached and they were smarter on the field. I think it's just one game. Great strategy by Seattle, you know, by neutralizing Vela. You know, I think the absence of Dio really hurt them because Vela playing as a center, uh, forward, going against those monsters, those tall guys that Seattle had. You know, it was almost impossible for him to create anything. And then the way they, yeah. you know, covered people on the planks, Rodriguez was mother the whole game. Same thing for Rossi. So I think it was a great strategy from Seattle. So I don't think we can judge the whole season by one game. Now, the only problem that I see is you only have one way to go, which is down. You know, uh, if you didn't win the championship in such a magical and such an incredible season, what's going to come out, you know, next season? Now, the advantage is that the core of the team will remain. And you look at this core, and you have a lot of people on uh, 25 and under. I mean, you look at the Latif Blessings, the Eduardo Tuestas, the Diego Rossi, the Brian Rodriguez, the Eddie Seguras. I mean, you have a great young core to build from yeah. that. Not a lot of teams get that. So I think, you know, that's a positive way to look at it. Negative way, then again, that there's only one way to go, which is down. But, you know, I think another win when talking about my book, you know, I, you know, my main objective was making to the making it to the Champions League because that's really going to be a test. Yes. I'm not, you know, you know, discriminate against you know um, MLS competition, but at the same time, getting to that Champions League game, playing Tigres of America, that's going to be a real test to what this team is about. That is a that is exactly the point. You're right. That's where I think at least LAFC has that now, right off the jump. Forget about the playoffs. You lost it. You lost to the champion. That hurts. 
But you do have that Champions League right in February to smack you in the face and kind of get you back into reality. I think that will be good for this team in this third season, Francisco, to make sure they're focused right away. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, that, that's probably the main objective, remain focused. And But then again, we forget that most of the great core of this team is composed by players 25 and under, some of them 23 yeah. and under. So it's obvious mm-hmm. that a lot of times mentally you're going to be outsmarted on the field, you're going to be outcoached. These guys are still learning, but they are so good that they have spoiled us and we have forgotten about how young they are, you know, and, and, and you yeah. know, quote-unquote how inexperienced they are when you talk about a team that's composed of veterans like Seattle, for example. So, you know, it is going to happen. Their time is going to come. But then again, why? You know, that's the big question. Yeah, that's great stuff. Fantastic. Now, let me ask you, Francisco. We're talking with Francisco X. Rivera. You know him uh, throughout the media in Los Angeles, the LAFC analyst on 980, and also the voice of uh, the L.A. Kings and Espanol. How is that going? I know the Kings are struggling, but I hear that... Uh, it's really a lot better to listen to him on the radio rather than even uh, watch. No, I'm kidding, Francisco. But how are you doing, more importantly, in this second season? Well, let me tell you something. For me, back in 2017, when I got, or 2018, when I got the LAFC gig, I thought it was a blessing. And I, you and I talked on the phone, and we were just going you know, back and forth about how great this was. I was very fortunate yeah. to a few months later get another blessing in my life, which has been this moment with, with the LA Kings. I had you know, some family that played uh, in the Mexican national team. So for me, this was something that was very special. It was like passion project for me. And what, you know, started just going 10 games on radio has become, uh, you know, 12 games on radio this season. We had a, a TV broadcast that went amazingly on the other Los Muertos night. Um, and I was also brought in uh, as a team consultant to help on their Spanish or their Hispanic outreach initiatives. So basically what I do, I really help him and advise him on all the Hispanic outreach initiatives. I think it's going great for us. And one of the things that I really love about it is the fact that I've also been involved as a team ambassador, and that has helped me remain, you know, remain within the world of soccer, which is a sport that we love. Um, I got the chance to give a jersey to Miguel Piojo Herrera, the former Mexican national team coach, now Club America coach. He was super excited. He even did some research and found out that Dustin Brown was the best Kings player, and that's why he asked for number 23. <laughs> I got an opportunity to give a uh, Kings jersey to Lothar Mateus when he came with Bayern Munich. We had worked together at Fox before on, on Confederations Cup, but uh, we finally got a chance to cross, you know, go back and forth and talk about hockey, and I invited him to a game, but all of a sudden he tells me, no, I need to invite you to a game back home in Dusseldorf. It seemed that you know, he was a huge hockey fan growing up, he used to go to outdoor games with 10,000 people back in Dusseldorf before becoming a world superstar, one of the top 20 soccer players of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. And you know what, just, mm-hmm. you know, finding those stories, you know, finding, you know, a way to interact with that, it's just amazing. Like the other day I saw Drew Doughty, you know, at, a, at, a, at an LAFC game, I think it was the Seattle game, you know, with a hat and, a, and an LAFC jersey. You know, it's the integration yeah. of, 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 you know, both worlds. So for me, it's been just incredible. Then again, just as the LAFC job was a blessing in 2008, getting this Kings job as well was another one in my life. Well, fully deserved, Francisco. You're one of the best, baby. We love uh, talking to you and uh, continued success to you. Happy holidays, man. I appreciate the kind words, Dave. Um, you know, I'm always here to talk when you need me. And happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend.
You bet. Take care. Francisco X. Rivera, of course, LAFC's analyst on 980 KFWB. And he does the Kings games, as you heard. of you uh, Over a dozen or a dozen now, plus a TV game. That is awesome. And he is a big part of the L.A. media scene, of course. Francisco X. Rivera joining us as he does here on Soccer Weekly. We appreciate that time. Still so much more to get to. I'm making my predictions for the Liga, Liga MX playoffs, getting going tomorrow. I'm making my first-round predictions. Who's winning? Who's going home after the two-leg ties? All that and still so much more to get to. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Yes, this is a painful, painful Soccer Weekly for me, I must admit. Pachuca and Toluca gagged in this apertura. But that doesn't mean that the Ligia doesn't continue on without the Uca. Right? Pachuca came close-ish. They finished strong. They only had, you know, only had a, nowhere to go but up. But they just couldn't quite pull it off. Two points short of Monterrey and Morelia for the final playoff spots. Pachuca finishes ninth. But again, they were they were really strong down this for the last few games, so it wasn't like they were like they faded. They did they really weren't a playoff team. They didn't deserve it. Chivas misses out too. Also on twenty four points in tenth place. And Toluca all the way down. Oh boy, thirteen, fourteen, seventeenth for my absolute favorite. Liga Mackey side, Toluca. It was dreadful. Could not score at all. Good gracious. They had less goals than anybody but that wasn't named Veracruz. And Veracruz is a disgrace. So it was not Toluca's apertura, to say the least. I'm hoping they can uh, rebuild quickly. Their defense wasn't that bad, honestly. They just got to score goals. So, but anyway, beside, forget the also-rans. We're talking about my predictions here for the Ligia. Just about to kick off tomorrow. That's Wednesday with the first of you know, the four matches, the first leg of all four. Thursday, there'll be two more meetings, uh, matchups, if you will. And let's just get right to it. My predictions on this first round. The first game will be Morelia hosting Leon. Leon, the two-seed. Morelia, you know, like I said, they just got in. Not bad, not great. They're not terrible. I mean, look, anybody can beat anybody in the Liga Mekis playoffs. We get that. But Leon is too strong. I think Leon's got a little bit of everything. They're great offensively. Best goal difference in the league, in the uh, Apertura, in the league this year, along with Santos. So Leon's going to be too strong for them. I think that's going. that one's actually going to go down pretty easy for the two-seed. Necaxa and Queretaro. Queretaro, the four seed. Necaxa, the five seed. Flip a coin. They had the same record. It's just Queretaro had a couple of uh, goal difference points above. You know, there were a couple of goals better than uh, Necaxa on goal difference only. In fact, they actually scored a few less goals than Necaxa. This one is literally flip a coin. In fact, I'm going to steal a bit from an old radio buddy of mine over at Fox, Ben Maller. I'm going to flip a coin on this one, actually, Mario. All right, uh, Caret- well, you'll have to trust me. Caretro's heads, Necaxa is tails. I got a quarter here. I'm going to flip it. Oh, it's heads. Caretro wins. Okay, then we're going to move on. That's how you have to solve the 4-5 when it comes to Ligia. I have no idea. So Caretro and Leon, I'm going all favorites so far here with the favorites. Now, on Thursday, first leg of these two. These are the really two good ties. Monterrey and Santos, one versus eight. And can you believe I'm about to do this? I like the way Monterey's been playing. I know Santos has been so good. 
I'm calling for the upset. Yes, you heard it. Monterey is going to beat Santos in this first round and knock the number one seed out of the Liguilla here in the Apertura. Mark it down. No, no, I'm not. Call your guy. Monterey. In fact, they might they might they might not even be close. You heard it here first. Oh, I'm so nervous. Monterey's gonna beat Santos. Now, America again Pumas, Club America and Pumas, the three six is just ridiculous first round. Tigres and Club America, are you kidding me? Probably the two best clubs over the last, I don't know, whatever. Five years, I'm sure. In terms of just both dominant. So this one is very, I mean, Tigres did not get a lot of victories. They had the fewest losses. They just drew a lot of games. So they were in games, but their defense is so tough. And I mean, that being said, of course, America can score. They got nothing but weapons. Their defense ain't shabby. I mean, this is another. I got to give the slight advantage to Tigres, the three seed. I'm going to go with Tigres. I got to go that route. I'm not saying, you know, America can't win. I hate, you know, I will not be surprised if either one of these teams handles the other. So I'm going with Leon and Canetero and Monterey and Tigres. So I got the massive upset, and then it's it's true to form in the two, three, and four, if you can believe that. The only team I've got upsetting in the first round is the eight seed, beating Santos. What am I, nuts? But I believe that's what's going to happen. Mark it down. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. You can de- destroy me when it doesn't happen if that's the key. No, Monterey's going to win. They might even win both games. Yeah. You heard that right. I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to it, despite the fact my uh, Toluca and Pachuca fell on their face. The one good thing we always joke about with the Liga Mackeys, it's a fun joke, but the good thing about when your team struggles in Liga Mackeys, I want to bring you back in Mario Rees on this one. Mario. Yeah. I know you follow, you know, you, you like Tijuana, you know, you're a Cholos fan. That's fine. And, oh, yes. And we love we love League MX. The good thing about when your team struggles is the Clausura starts at about an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it does. It's <laughs> like, seems like it. You, you don't really have to wait. As soon as that final whistle or the final game goes in the playoffs coming up in a few weeks, it's like, oh, yeah, in about an hour and a half, we kick off the next season, you know, the next tournament. So... That's the good news. You don't have to wait that long. And, of course, we're kidding, but I'm looking forward, let's just say, to the Clausura and getting over this one as fast as possible with the Ucas. Ugh, just a mess. But uh, good luck to all the teams in the playoffs there. We'll be keeping a close eye on that. Of course, kicking off tomorrow with those matches. we still got so much more to get to, including stoppage time still to come. i got thoughts on the Premier League and some of the things that just surprised me a little bit. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. If you missed my uh, Liga Mekis Ligia predictions for the first round, remember, you can podcast the show. Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunham. Just go to ESPN Pod Center, search for that, or iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look for it, search for it, subscribe, rate, and review. Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunham. Appreciate that. At Talk Soccer on Twitter, if you want to continue the conversation like we do, even after the show is done each and every week. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the Premier League, and it's intriguing. i got to admit, i got a few standard jokes when it comes to the Prem. 
You know, it's like, hey, uh, after week one, congratulations to 14 teams that participated, and the other six are the only ones who are still in the running. And everybody else is just trying to avoid relegation. And by and large, that holds true often. But in fairness, I'm liking what I'm seeing at the top of the Premiership. Not because Liverpool's dominating. I don't care about Liverpool. I'm not a. I have no Premiership team. I don't buy into that. I'm not interested in any individual team. I hope Christian Pulisic does well over at Chelsea. I hope Americans do well over there. It's fine. I like watching it because it's good football, no doubt. But I'm not, like, tied into any one team like I am with LAFC or Toluca or Pachuca, you know. But I love what's going on. Leicester City, right? Doing a great job there. Playing some fantastic football, even ahead of Man City right now. Leicester's given up eight goals in 13 games. It's just incredible. And you got, you know, you got the Liverpool in first, Man City, you know, currently third, Chelsea fourth. But then you got Wolves in fifth, Sheffield United in sixth, Burnley all above Arsenal, Man United, and Tottenham, who are 8, 9, and 10, respectively. Now, it may end up being the big six in the end, but at least it's something to watch right now. But what is disappointing oftentimes is, you know, you look at these clubs, right? And I, I'm not trying to pick on them. I'll just use it as a reference because you know him. Brighton Matt, my buddy who occasionally will join me here on the show. Love the guy. Big fan of Brighton. He lives over in that that area. Loves Albion, right? Brighton and Hove Albion. And, you know, he understands. He's a, he's a sports guy. He knows American sports. He knows what goes on. He knows. He's smart. But it, it, it just lends me to think, like, when you're you're just trying to survive as a small club, quote-unquote, but the money is so massive for the premiership. How dare you not have a good team, really? If you really think about it. Now, everybody will say, oh, they can't go after and get the big play. You know, no, that is true. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is not going to find himself at Crystal Palace or Brighton or Bournemouth, but he will find himself at the Galaxy for a couple of seasons. You get the point. Not all clubs are created equal, despite the fact they might have big money because they play in the Prem. I understand that. But with the world of football here, in the big world that it is, right, and the countless thousands of fantastic players out there, Shame on you if you're in the premiership and you're a bad team. There is no reason you shouldn't be loaded with talent. Loaded with the money you have. Stop hiding behind, well, we've got to be careful. We're a small club just trying to do things right. There is talent everywhere. At the right price, if you can go find it and get it. Shame on you. This is not the NBA or world basketball where there's one Luka Doncic and about four guys that are from America that are decent. There's not any talent in the NBA anymore. In comparison, you know what I'm talking about. It's just not played, even though it's played in a lot of places now and the world's getting better at the game, it's just still no comparison to the amount, the sheer amount of talent that is out there for football teams to go get. You've got no excuse especially when you have the money to go do it. Soccer Weekly rolls on. Hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts on that, at Talk Soccer. We will definitely continue that conversation over the next several months, I'm sure, as the premiership season heats up. Stoppage time still to come. Dave Denholm and you, ESPNLA 710. 
Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Monterey is going to beat Santos. That is my big prediction for the Liga just getting going. And Liga Mekis and the Apertura coming up beginning tomorrow, Wednesday. Two matches to Wednesday, two matches Thursday for the first leg of the first round. Listen back, if you missed anything, to the podcast to find out the rest of my predictions. You can podcast the show over at ESPN Pod Center or at iTunes or wherever. Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. We appreciate that. You can hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer with your thoughts about my predictions as well. Time now for the greatest segment in the history of radio. It is stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah, stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Right now. Once again, Mario, Mario Rees, the uh, producer of this show, producer of LAFC here on ESPN LA and the host of Stoppage Time. Once again, I kind of dip into that little, I do it like two or three times a year. I don't know why, like Stoppage Time. Why do I whisper there? I don't know. It's, just <laughs> it's weird, effective but... when you whisper. You get people's attention that is way. Is it though? Yeah, okay. it is. Maybe that's why. Once, me... You can't go to the well too often though, right? You know, you got to keep that uh, once or twice a year. I got to keep it too. So no problem. What dude. is up on today's uh, stoppage time? Uh, great Mario Reyes. Happy are you, Thanksgiving buddy? to the listener and to you, Dave. Of course, first of all, before Same we get to you. things going here, but I got a uh, incredible comeback story. Now that we're in the holiday season here, a little feel good story for you. Manchester United defender Max Taylor has received his first senior call-up in just 12 months after starting chemotherapy treatment for testicular cancer. So he's Wow, that is awesome. 19 years old, right? And uh, he gets called up to the Europa League squad. Yeah. Uh, Man United know they're going through to the next round. They're taking on Astana in Kazakhstan, so they're letting the kid make the trip, and hopefully he gets in. We'll see. He just got back to training. I'm reading a story on ESPN FC about him as well, so really good stuff there. Mario, that's a great feel-good story, no doubt. Whether you love Manchester United or not, that doesn't matter. It's just a great, great story that he beat cancer and he's back. That shows a lot of fight, a lot of inspiration right there. Absolutely. I mean, how hard would that be? I mean, just to, to make that comeback, that's a lot of hard work there to put in. Well, he especially did it. when you're that young, it like shatters you probably because you, you, when you're that young, you think you're invincible. You know, you're 19, right? You don't expect that yeah. at all, any kind of like bad, you know, uh, medical news or anything. So, yeah, to overcome that both mentally and physically for him is great. Max Taylor, we wish you nothing but the best. Now, on the slightly negative side of the Manchester United life, uh, Mario, a story out of the Times. The Times, I'm reading it at the times.co.uk a couple of days ago. Uh, One of the richest men in the world, one of the richest men in the U.K., I believe he is Britain's richest man, according to the article of the Times, Sir Jim Ratcliffe basically said, uh, "Yeah, not would not even think about buying Manchester United." So, <laughs> I'll pass. And he on actually, that yeah, in the article, they actually part of the headline says, uh, "Sir Jim Ratcliffe buy a Premier League club for millions or for billions? I'll never be dumb money." So he's like, "Yikes!" It's wow. pretty uh, uh, interesting, but it is interesting. What it brought up to me as I read it even a few days ago was like how far Man United has fallen, Mario. If you remember, I mean, you do, obviously. I'm talking to the audience, too. Just a couple of years ago, we're not talking 10, 15, 20. We're talking literally months ago, essentially. Man United was the club in world football. And you cannot say that. I don't care how many Man United fans there are. They're they're just an also-ran the Premiership. They're in the Europa League now. I know it's trying, you know, I'm not trying to pile on. But their talent is not up to the level where it needs to be. I mean, they're just not the club they once were, bottom line. They're not a massive club anymore. I don't care what anyone says. Now, can they get back there? Yes. 
Absolutely. Because they do have that fan base, and they have it all over the world, but they've just... Talk about falling on hard times. Wow. Every team goes through that, Dave. It's just a matter of time before yes, they get back up there. I understand. But this well, team I is don't know. huge worldwide in the world of sports, not even just in the world of soccer. We'll, I mean, We'll see. We'll see. I don't know that they get back that quickly anymore. We shall see. It will be interesting, though, without a doubt. I mean, look at the New York Knicks. How long's it been? That's New York City in basketball. I'm Dave Dethome. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to Mario Reese. And you, to you for listening. You bet, buddy. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.